everybody. I'm glad to be here with you. Uh, the Lord Jesus said we never know what a day will bring forth. And it certainly is true as we look at our national situation today. Uh, I'm just um, want to let you know that I was struggling as to what I should give you this morning. And what I was led to, I feel, is providential and really from the Lord himself as well. I think we need this. And so I invite you to turn to John chapter 10. And there we have the discourse of the Lord Jesus about how he is the good shepherd. <clears throat> now Jesus is spoken of as the shepherd in three ways in the Bible. He's spoken of in the book of Hebrews as the great shepherd of the sheep. He's spoken of in 1 Peter 5 as the chief shepherd of the sheep. And here he is spoken of as the good shepherd of the sheep. And as we look at this, uh, one of the things that we need to remember is that Jesus is contrasting himself with others who were not good shepherds and who in fact were false shepherds. There's an interesting passage that you might want to read on your own sometime in Ezekiel chapter 34. And there the prophet Ezekiel speaks about the faithless shepherds. And it's a very interesting denunciation of the people who were called by God to be shepherds of Israel and failed in their responsibilities. And God was very, very hard on them, if I can use that expression. They were selfish, they were cruel, they were careless. They served themselves and they did not aid the need of the sheep. As you know, sheep are very dumb animals and they are also very needy animals. <clears throat> and uh, we are seen as the sheep of his pasture in Psalm 100. And so God says to the selfish shepherds, I will care for my sheep and I will give them what they need. I will restore them where there's need for restoration. I will seek them out if they have gone astray, but I will require your selfishness because you have been given the opportunity and the privilege to care for my sheep and you have failed. So Jesus, as he talks in chapter 10 of John, is saying here that he is different from the others who are mentioned in this passage. And the others are essentially um, the, um, uh, the others are the thief, the robber, and the stranger. Another other is the hireling, which is mentioned a little bit later in this chapter. But I just would like to encourage your heart. I would just like to let you enjoy or appreciate the nature of your good shepherd. And there's three ways in which Jesus talks about himself as the good shepherd of the sheep. One is that he leads his sheep. 
And we'll see this in verses 2 through 5. And the next is that he dies for his sheep. And we'll see this in the middle of the chapter. And then thirdly, he secures his sheep. And so just be encouraged as to how Jesus, as the shepherd, looks at us as his sheep and know that his care is continual on our behalf. And we can thank him, can we not, that he is in control of our lives. He is in control of our present as well as of our future. And therefore, we do well to put ourselves into his care, to trust him and the way in which he cares for us. All right, let's look at this a little bit. Let me just go from the very beginning of the chapter. <clears throat> verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the temple, but climbeth up some other way, is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of a stranger. All right. What is the characteristic of the shepherd? He is known by the porter who opens the door and allows him to come in to be with the sheep, especially at nighttime when they're gathered into the fold. And I'm told that in Israel, the shepherds of that day, who knows, maybe of our day as well, when they settled down at the end of the, at the, end of the day, they lie down at the entrance of the sheepfold so that if any one of the sheep would try to get out, it would be a disturbance to the shepherd and he would be able to care for that. Well, we have here the good shepherd who has this characteristic that is in the life of his sheep and is simply this, they hear his voice. How do you hear the voice of the shepherd? Well, primarily you hear the voice of the shepherd through this book. His inspired word is his speaking voice. And we do well to remember that God has spoken. He has not stuttered. He has not given us an uncertain sound. And so as he leads us, it says here in verse number four that he goes before them. All right? Where is the shepherd in relationship to the sheep? He is before them. And he shows the path by going there himself. And he points one way or another for the good and the well-being of the sheep. And once again, the characteristic of the shepherd is that they hear his voice and they do not hear the voice of a stranger. And therefore, they will not follow a stranger because they have learned that the stranger's voice is just that, a stranger's voice. And they get used to hearing the voice of the shepherd. 
and they will follow him. Uh, and so in this way, we have the Lord leading his people out into green pastures, showing the way and walking in that way himself. And so there is no mistake as to which way we are to go if we're listening to the shepherd, if we are following the shepherd, if we are in a pathway that the shepherd has taken. Now, if we want to take another pathway, we can only find out what's going to happen. And in those contexts, we learn that the good shepherd is also the one who will chastise his sheep. And in so doing, he will show his love by his chastisement. Some people think, oh, well, if somebody's going to chastise me, it means that they don't love me. Quite to the opposite. In Hebrews, it says, whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Yes. And we know that from the example of our own parents that they chastised us according to what they saw was necessary in our lives. And while we didn't like it at the time, we honor them at the end of the day, don't we? And we're thankful for their chastisements as well as their good givings of their beneficence unto us as well. Because we know, we learn, don't we, that they were giving to us as we had need. And therefore, uh, we are spared from danger. And we are spared from the wolf who always wants to come and destroy the sheep. Now, let's turn, if you will, to the middle of the chapter in verse number 9 where I have read. And here Jesus uses a different figure of speech concerning himself. And he says, I am the door. Now, when you think of a door, what is the purpose of a door? A door is an entranceway or an exit way, isn't it? It leads us in and out. And so Jesus is using this figure of speech to identify himself as the way in and out. In and out to what? All right, verse 9. I am the door by me. Notice, by me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. What a wonderful figure of speech to talk about the essential purpose of our Lord in coming to this earth. Why did he come? He came to be our savior. And please remember, Jesus means Jehovah saves. That's what his name means. And so he came to lead us into salvation and to lead us into pasture, which has to do with living conditions. And so what are the living conditions that the Good Shepherd is going to give to us as the doorway into our salvation? He's going to give us a pathway of life that is pleasant, that is good, and that is useful. And he will never lead us contrary to this word. And so we don't need to 
come to prayer meeting on Wednesday night and ask the people to pray that God will really um, help me as I go to cheat the government on my income tax. We don't need to do that, do we? Because we know that therein is a violation of his clear commands. And by the way, the commands of God are also good. We need to remember that he says over and over again, especially in the Gospel of John, especially in chapter 13 through 18, he says, if you love me, do what? Keep my commandments. Yes. So there is a relationship of loving Jesus to the responsibility of obeying Jesus. And as his disciples, we are called upon to obey him. All right, now Jesus says, I'm the door by me. If any man shall enter in, he shall be saved. And he con contrasts this with verse 10, the thief. The thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's what a thief will do. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And then he goes back to the original figure of speech. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Now, how did Jesus give his life for the sheep? Well, in many ways, I think. He gave his life by giving his life to his teachings. He showed that he was the son of God with power by his miracles. And he gave his life by dying on the cross for our sins. And in this, we, as the recipients of his salvation, have great cause to be thankful that regardless of what happens in our personal lives, at the end of the day, we shall be with the Lord because his life that he gives is eternal life. And you know what eternal life is? A long period of time, okay? It describes something that is never-ending, and therefore, that is what he has provided for us in his heavenly home. Now, he talks about the hireling in verse 12, and the hireling is somebody who takes care of the sheep for money and for money only. He that is a hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them and scatters the sheep. So the hireling, if you please, he flees. When? When he sees the wolf. Well, what does the good shepherd do? What does the shepherd do when he sees the wolf? Well, he stands and he fights the wolf. And sometimes he might experience some bruisings as well. I'm told that the two enemies of shepherds over in Israel is one, animals, and two, other people that would try to kill the shepherd and then steal the sheep. But you have here the hireling who does not stay and fight the wolf. And that's because he does not care for the sheep. Verse 13. And then in verse 14, what does Jesus say? I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. 
Now, this is a, pre a precious relationship. When you received Jesus Christ as your Savior, what did you enter into with him? A relationship. And that relationship is one that is very permanent and very secure. And it says here that I know my sheep. And that word to know has to do with a very clear and intimate knowledge of somebody. He knows us through and through. Have you ever thought about that? You know, when we kind of examine ourselves from time to time, do you examine yourself from time to time? Well, I think of myself all the time. But when we examine ourselves, we have a unique ability to come up to some basic conclusions about ourselves. However, there are things about ourselves that maybe we don't even know. You ever thought of that? But that our shepherd does know because it is he who has made us and not we ourselves. And therefore, we have a perfectly knowing shepherd. I know my sheep and am known by mine. So there's this ownership that is there in this relationship. He owns us, we own him. And by the way, in one of the symbolic experiences that we have in our church is the communion table. And there at the communion table, what are we saying? What are we professing? As we partake of the symbols of his body and his blood, we are professing that we belong to him and he belongs to us. Precious thoughts, isn't it? And I, th I don't know about you, but as I've grown older, they're even more precious. And it says here that uh, he knows his sheep. And then he also says something else about the father in verse 15. As the father knoweth me, even so know I the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. He talks in verse 16 about other sheep that are not of this fold, which refers to the Gentiles, I believe. But then he says in verse 17, Therefore doth my father love me, because I lay down my life that I might take it again. Now this is a very bold statement. Someday we're going to lay down our lives, but we're not going to take it again voluntarily, I'll tell you that. He said, I will take it again. And what's he referring to? He's referring to his resurrection. He's referring to his power over death itself. And he, he says something further about this in verse 18. No man taketh it from me. I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. And I have power to take it again this commandment have I received of my father. Wow. What is Jesus saying? He's saying the father loves me, the father knows me, and he has given me a commandment. And the commandment is to lay down my life, and you know where he did that, at the cross. And he's going to take it again, and that's three days later. And God willing, we'll be celebrating that in a few weeks, won't we? God willing. And so we have here the power of Jesus 
and the authority of the Father which Jesus obeys. So the second concept about the Lord's working for us as his sheep is that he lays down his life for us. And that's the reason why we are saved and that is the reason why we are assured of his promises. That when our life is done here, we will be with him forever. Let me tell you, I love the verse, if I may quickly allude to it, in chapter 14 and verses one and two, where Jesus says <clears throat> that he has uh, given his life for the sheep. And therefore, uh, nobody is going to take it out of his hand. Let me see if I can read that more correctly because I just didn't say it correctly. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. What is the promise of God here that Jesus gives us? Where I am, you may be also. I go to prepare a place for you. You ever thought of it that way? A place. And I will come again and take you to be with myself. So there's no doubt about it as far as the promises of God are concerned to our hearts as God's children, that we not, need not fear the future, we need not fear death, because we know that he is going to take us into his presence, and someday he's going to resurrect the dead. But we have here, if I can just go back to John 10 and finish it up, Jesus secures his sheep. And maybe this is something that you can hold on to, especially at this time in our lives and as God's children. You know, crises like this cause the world to be very insecure, to be very anxious. And I can understand that. But for the Christian, we need to temper our a lack of clarity as far as the future is concerned with what is promised in God's word. Let me just read it for you and I'm going to finish with this. Verse 27. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Notice these words. <clears throat> neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father who gave them to me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. So how secure are you? Well, if it's up to you and if it's up to me, we aren't very secure. But if it's up to him, he secures us into his arms as his sheep and nobody's going to pluck them out of his hand so that's how secure we are
And if anybody isn't sure about that, it seems like Jesus even goes one level higher. And he says, my father, who is greater than all, nobody's gonna take anybody out of my father's hand. So we have a very secure, giving God who secures us as his children and keeps us safe unto the very end and beyond. And I hope that these words, which I know you know and have heard before and read before, I hope that they'll be an encouragement to your heart. Uh, let's face it, we don't know what the future is going to hold, do we? We'd like to think that we do. We'd like to guess that we know. But the fact of the matter is, we must place ourselves in a trusting way into the hands of our good shepherd. All right, let's bow before the Lord in prayer. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we pray that you might find us as your sheep of your pasture, looking to you, following you, seeking your guidance, your will, your direction, being aware of the promises of your word and the commands of your heart to us. And we pray that you might do as you have said to us and reassure us again and again in our personal lives and as we relate to the situation around us that we are your sheep and that nobody will ever pluck you, us out of your hands. Be with us, we pray, in our walk with you, wherever we are, whatever stage in life we are in. In Jesus' name, amen.